welcome back to me in case I missed it. Yo, this beat in the background goes hard. I'm not gonna lie to you right now. I'm feeling it. Mm. Yes. All right, let's get to it. Welcome back to In Case I Missed It. Thank you, everybody, for coming back on another Friday. And uh, yeah, numbers continue to rise. Downloads continue to come in. But we're lacking those reviews. I need those reviews, friends. I need you to rate. I need you to review. You guys are doing a great job with the sharing part. Everything else, though, we need a little bit more. We need a little bit of more help. But <sighs> this beat, this beat got me all like chill right now. But anyway, listen, good podcast today. Great podcast today. Amazing podcast today. DJ and producer Dan Monopoly. DJ Monopoly from Monopoly Music is here with me today. We're going to just straight up start this conversation because it was good and you're going to learn a lot. And if into music and if you're into the industry, then there's no other place to go. Sit back, relax, wherever you're at. Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy these sick beats. And I'll see you at the end. All right. And uh, welcome to In Case I Missed It. I'm here with the brother, Mr. Dan Monopoly, the greatest DJ in New Jersey right now. Probably one of the hottest ones that I know. Uh, I follow a lot of DJs. I used to do a lot of work in the industry uh, back in my old days. And uh, I was not a DJ, but I worked alongside with them. And I can tell you that a lot of them that I did work with are not even around anymore. But I can tell you who is, and that is my guest today, uh, Mr. Dan Monopoly. Introduce yourself, sir. How are you? Yes. How you doing, man? Appreciate that that grand intro. <laughs> Yo, I am I am the uh, the hype man for it <laughs> for you right now. So, like, if you want to hire me for your show, I was going to say I need you at all my events. I'm, I'm I need cheap. that introduction to every single event. Yeah, I mean, I would love to just show up and you know just hype you. Who who is it, Little John? I want to be your Little John. I want to be your hype man. Little you know? John, Fat Man Scoop. Yeah. Oh God, Fat Man Scoop just reminds me of Nick Games. <laughs> I don't know why. And we're going to get we're going to get more into that because this is cool. Like so um, my podcast, uh, as I mentioned before, I've, I've had a lot of uh, creatives on and artists. And I believe that the word artist extends into uh, the music industry as well. And not just somebody who sings and produces beats or music, but someone who uh, is behind the turntables like yourself. We all know uh, the fancy names like the marshmallow guy. And uh, and mm. the, I don't know if uh, if. Is David Guetta still around? Is still he, around? Is yeah. he still around? Yeah, he's like fifty six and gets paid to still look crushing at. It, yeah. yeah, he gets paid to look at the pioneers, right? He doesn't touch because I've seen pictures where they're not even plugged in. He's just on stage. Oh yeah, we. I mean, we can get into that debate too. Oh great, I mean, we're, we're we're definitely these guys are producers. Yeah, I wouldn't put him in the DJ conversation. Ah, then there you go. So because <laughs> you ha- so explain this to me. Perfect, perfect segue is: Do DJs become producers or do producers become DJs? So I'm sure it's unique for for every situation, but my understanding is that some of those big names that you mentioned, it's typically they start off in the production game. They're creating their own tracks, their tracks get some, you know, some publicity, they're doing well, and then the best way for them to generate the most revenue possible is to start touring and to start playing their tracks. The clubs, the festivals and whatnot are really going to bring in the most money. So these guys are kind of just segueing into the DJ game as, you know, an outlet for their music. Um, and a, and a, it's really just a, a more financially beneficial way um, 
to get out there. Production, as far as my understanding of production, is that there's really not that much money being made because of how many hands are in the cookie jar. You know what I mean? So um, that's why a lot of guys that do what I do, which is open format DJing, especially guys that have started on turntables and have kind of come up that way, we perceive those guys more so as a producer. They're great producers, but I would not throw them in the DJ conversation. So where are you in in in, in all this? Um, your influence is out there. You're very you're like, like I mentioned before. You're known. So you know, how did you uh, come up? And and would you consider going into now that it's a bit, you've been removed from the first time that you started? Right when you first started with with uh, t- what is it? Twenty twos. What is it? Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Twenty twos. What the fuck? I'm talking about goddamn <laughs> rims over here. <laughs> <laughs> you put 22s on 22s. your on your car bro what's up no but yeah so the the, Technique te- the 1200s. techniques 1200s yeah so um tell me a little bit when you started um how, how did this like come about like it's not everyone wakes up and says i want to mix music and and move the crowd right so tell me a little bit about this because you certainly when i first met you you were you were finishing school yeah. And I'm sure you yeah. weren't in a four-year university to learn how to mix no, music together. I wish I was. <laughs> so let's start there. You were in school. What were, you, what were you in school for and how did you move into the DJing? Yeah. So, I mean, even to go back further than that, I have no music background whatsoever. Um, there's not even, aside from I have an aunt that sings uh, and a cousin that sings, aside from the two of them, they're the only musically inclined people in our entire family. There's no... There's no people that play instruments. There's nothing. So while music was a part of my life growing up, um, it was definitely never a focus or or something that I took uh, increased interest in. So when I went to college, I went to school for business. And that was quite honestly, it was just a uh, it's a cop out because I didn't know what else to choose. And, you know, I knew business was kind of... Uh, but you use it. It's, it's, I you're do using now. It, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to give school too much credit on the, the, you know, on the educational side. I'm not sure how much I got from it on that on that side, but... Does your mom... Will your mom be listening to this then? <laughs> mom, I'm sorry. He, uh, he, he learned a lot you when know he what? was going to school. But the experience, the experience, it made me grow up. It made me mature. Uh, it made me break out of my shell, probably most importantly of, of all. I was super shy. So you were an introvert um, in school. I was. I was very shy through high school. It's funny because introverts are the ones that usually blossom like you did with what you're doing now. Like you're in front of thousands of people. Yeah. that's. It's actually funny. Some DJs, um, some of the most talented DJs from a skill standpoint are actually the ones who have like the most anxiety on stage. Um, and then, of course, you have guys who are just such showmans and they're incredible on stage, but they're not so great on the technical aspect. So it's, I don't know, left, right brain type of deal. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, when I was in college, I just happened to uh, to meet someone and just in a, in a casual conversation, DJing came up. Uh, shout out to, to my friend DJ Reese, who's still DJing. She's still killing it. She's in Puerto Rico now. She's in Puerto Rico. She's still killing it on in the CrossFit. Yeah, she's still business. killing it. Yeah, she's she's uh she's got her own gym, and then on top of that, she's still DJing and is still doing fantastic. Um, so yeah, her and I had a conversation. She she brought up that she used to DJ at that time. Um, and long story short, I I borrowed gear off her. I was like, you gotta you gotta let me try, and uh, she brought it over to the to my dorm room. 
I don't think I gave it back for probably two or three months. <laughs> um, <laughs> every night I was blasting music. Instantly, you kind of you kind of get full of yourself because it, it brought me, you know, extra attention. Um, you know, people were calling me to DJ parties, to DJ school functions. And well, the ladies were knocking at the door too. Every lady loves. I mean, the, the ladies were already oh. knocking on the door. Yeah, well, there you go. Then, if you <laughs> ladies are listening to, to this now, years later, you know. <laughs> yep. So that that only made that only fueled the fire. Um, so and then I actually paired up with someone that was in like the nightlife industry in our area. Uh, I got paired up with a DJ that used turntables, and at the time I was using just a very basic mixer where you popped in CDs, right? So you're burning CDs. You're 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 legally downloading music online. Legally. <laughs> um, you're burning them onto CDs. You're making hundreds of mixed CDs, and then you're making little track lists so that you know what's on each. And then you're just popping them in. And at, at that time, quite honestly, it was just fade in, fade out. Honestly, that alone, as you're telling me this, is freaking nuts. Yeah. Like, And that's how far things have come, especially just with, you know, with the the DJ software now where you have the visual waveforms and you have all these extras that are helping assist uh, the, the bare basics of DJing. But again, at that time, I'm just popping the CDs. I'm fading in, fading out. Meanwhile, I was incredibly cocky i thought i was like the best dj on the planet um and i had no idea what i was doing at all so of course when uh this gentleman brought over his turntables and i actually saw a dj mix and scratch and do all these things i was like wow first of all i was captivated right yeah i i assumed you looked at it and you're like what have i been I was, doing yeah right? i was blown away um i was hooked of course i was like i gotta i gotta learn what he's doing and i was also very humbled because I realized that I was doing nothing. I realized that I was I was literally not even remotely close to what a DJ actually does. Um, so from that point forward, I, I really just I went out and bought my own stuff. Uh, I remember that conversation with my mom because I had a I had a credit card that I had not yet used for anything significant, and I said, "Mom, I'm going on eBay. I'm going to purchase two turntables. I'm going to purchase a mixer." And of course, all the nonsense that comes with that, you got to get the wires and the records and the slip mats and all of these little accessories. And I started booking gigs almost immediately. That's so cool. And probably within a month, honestly, I had the entire thing paid off. It was probably about five grand worth of stuff. And I paid it off in, in just over a month, just off of campus gigs. By the way, if anybody hears dings in the background, that's, that's Dan yeah. getting getting gigs as we're yeah, sitting well, here, I, all right? I wish, I wish. Just to let you guys know, he is getting gigs as we speak here. They haven't even listened to the podcast yet, and he's already getting booked. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how it started. And, uh, of course, at that time, it was, it was simply a hobby. And upon completing college, I kind of was just in the mindset that I was going to continue doing it on the side. Um, I, I saw the kind of extra income that it was bringing me. Um, so that's what I continued to do. And as I invested more and more time into learning DJing, um, I really just kind of, I guess I, I, I tapped into the potential of what it could be. I realized what it could be. And I invested a little bit of money, attended Scratch DJ Academy in New York City. And I was watching other DJs that were really doing well in our area. And uh, I realized that I wasn't there. You know, like my my confidence was there, but I know from a skill standpoint, I, I wasn't where I should be. Um, so but I had your to... mindset was correct, though. Like you had in your mind, 
and by the way a lot of this stuff guys just because i've me and him have known each other for years it's, it's brand new to me as well so um my enthusiasm is real so <laughs> i'm sitting here thinking god damn you know um i think that what you've done is you took your passion that you thought you were going to do on the side and you really you you cranked it up right you cranked it up to a, a thousand and you you use your business mindset you might not even be thinking about it but it's in the back of your mind everything you've learned to turn that into a profitable uh business and, and for yourself as as something that you can book gigs because yeah you went to scratch academy i remember you when you first started that and um and and you saw the people around you with scratch academy was it something where you had to sign like a contract and a deal with them to specifically get gigs through them or were you allowed to free reign after a while no, so the way that whole thing worked actually was I signed on just strictly as a student um, on the academy side of things. And um, I probably should have tested into their program because I humbly selected kind of like a middle of the road course, um, which at that time I, I ended up being too advanced for. But again, just the experience in itself, it, it ended up paying off. At that time, again, I wasn't really sure where I was going with it. When these guys who had been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years started getting in my ear like, yo, you have potential, like for real, like we don't say that to everyone. So hearing that, I'm like, all right, like maybe maybe this shouldn't be a hobby. The master instructor and um, the academy director at that time, they approached me once I completed my certification and they both said, listen, there's an event side of this company. And we, you know, we can recommend DJs. They obviously can, they do their own thing, but we're absolutely going to recommend that they bring you on. Do you recommend, uh, let's say there's a, a young DJ now or anybody in the uh, music industry that wants to learn um, the music side of things, mixing right. music? Because, you know, artists, big artists still out there just don't need that. Yeah. Um, do you recommend them going to like a Scratch Academy like, like, like you did? Or is there another avenue? Can they learn things on their own? Yeah, I mean, of course, with um, with things such as YouTube, you know, of course you can you can go online and you can damn near find anything at this point. Because I learned how to DJ through DJ Hero on PlayStation <laughs> Three. Can I? Can I? Can I'm not I sure that say. that's applicable to the actual real world. DJ. But I mixed so and um, faded. But yeah, on YouTube, YouTube is a tremendous resource, and, on, and YouTube was actually around when I started um, because that's where when I got on turntables and I really started to like fully immerse myself in the culture. I was looking up YouTube videos from all the the uh, the DJs from I want to keep calling them OGs because it like dates them. But, um, you know, the guys that came up in New York City, hip hop DJing, battle DJing, um, that side of things. I was going through their video catalogs, like studying them up and down. Um, but if you don't have the means, it's not like you can't gain that knowledge elsewhere. You have the resources. You can always go out, meet veteran DJs, pick their brains. Now that I'm in a position where I can kind of offer up advice and, and teach, anytime someone reaches out, I'm more than willing to have a conversation with them. I spend time speaking to, to young DJs all the time because honestly, no one did it for me. Outside of the academy at that time, I'm not sure if things were just different um, in the industry, but anytime I reached out to veteran DJs, I, I got pushback yeah. or I didn't get anything yeah, at all. Yeah. It's, and it, I think, and it's like that almost in, in, in a lot of the 
things like even people that that are on YouTube as well uh, that do some type of like filmmaking stuff, like they, right. they, they push back. Even still, it's kind of crazy, right, when you think about it. So you speak to these young kids and it's great. Let me ask you something. Now, every kid now has a phone or has a brand new iPad Pro right. and we understand that technology does move along very quickly as we well know now with, with the uh, the thing that reads the the tracks now with, with a needleless, you know? Yeah. So, in your mind, like, how do you feel about these kids that are coming up now where, like, they just show up to a gig with an iPad or or a phone, like, or a controller, right? Because that's a new thing. Like, right, do they still use controllers? Am I dating myself? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, so you walk into a place and they're like, ah, you have a CDJ. Great, but check this out. How do you feel right. about that? Is it is it cutting into your business um, and, and artistry when it when you see that happening? So I don't I don't think it is. Um of course, there I have a, like a lack of respect for that. Anytime when you're coming from, we went from turntables to CDJs. CDJs went to a controller. Um, there's just more and more technology. Again, there's there's more and more of, of like the foundations of DJing, the skills that you needed to mix records 15 years ago versus now. It's entirely different, and, you know. And at this point, you don't need to know music theory. Um, you don't know how to you don't need to know how to count beats, bars and phrases. Um, it basically syncs it up for you, right? Like yeah, it gets it, it kinda, ready for you, right? It, it does. It's not always correct, um, but it, it, it yeah it does a lot of that like heavy lifting for you. And at the end of the day, the reason I say it, it doesn't affect my business is because I believe that I can still differentiate myself. Even if you have all that technology assisting you, I'm still going to sound different the experience is still going to shine through. Right, it doesn't it doesn't have emotion. The software is yeah, just something that is something that is putting A and B together for you and perhaps making it easier by uh you know making sure that the the beats are, are synced up correctly right. and the music is sounding uh, uh correctly but it does not read the crowd. You can't go from merengue to hip hop, you know, and the yeah. and the crowd like might not even know what the hell you're doing, exactly. you know? There's a, there's a lot that it doesn't I mean it doesn't it doesn't EQ music right ex right um, right right it doesn't tell you when to mix in or mix out you know it it'll it'll beat match the two songs together which basically means that it'll it'll match their tempos um, so that you know when you're counting one two three four everything's hitting where it's supposed to be hitting but outside of that the rest is in your hands. Well, you've definitely mastered that on your on your own. You, you know, you've you've developed your own style. You've developed your expertise in it. You've uh, you've grown and you've uh, basically you know adapted to everything that's around you while still using the things that are comfortable with you and are still relevant to you. Um, now, what, let's uh, let's let's start talking a little bit about you know you you've you're now what you're involved in in uh, more corporate business, which is great. And you do your you go on the uh, you go on the cruises as well. The the experience on that is, from what I've seen on the videos, are incredible. Um, if you were if you were right now, uh, what do you like ten years down the line? What do you think the business is going to be for somebody like yourself? And and you know, because you produce, you're produ at the end of the day, you're producing a, of music and you're producing. Uh, listen, anybody listen to this right now? If you enjoy music. And you listen to music, whether it's on a streaming network or on your radio, I'm 100% sure that music has gone through a producer and a DJ at some point, like Dan. So, you know, if you've gone to a club, if you were in your 20s, 
you know, popping that thing, you know, just <laughs> at the club on the floor. I'm guaranteeing you, Dan or someone like Dan was the one that was making you move. So there's an artistry to this. You are not just listening to music that's, you know, being just flaunted out there. Somebody's putting this together for you. So what do you see the business in, in the next 10 years? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say, honestly. I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to uh, kind of find... I, I, do, I do everything. I do all types of events. But honestly, at this point, like I've been fortunate enough to find my, my niche in, in the corporate world. Um, a lot of these corporate companies will have different pr promotional events at their flagship stores, especially here in New York City, um, as well as any type of in-house events that they have, be it holiday parties and whatnot. So I've been fortunate that one has turned into another, it's turned into another, and it's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of, you know, if I can put these companies on my resume, it looks good to some of these other massive corporate companies. So I've been very fortunate in that regard. Nightlife continues to change every couple of years. So I, I just, I feel, I, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm concerned for the DJs who have kind of created their entire brand revolving around that scene because as that scene continues to adapt year after year i mean it, it's it's from from when i started to now it's completely different um i'm concerned for them because honestly things are moving away from the major nightclubs and we're, we're seeing more and more of these bars and all these bars are having nightclub-esque djs yeah that's you know, true we're all playing the same music at this point and the budgets are, are becoming Being smaller cut, and smaller yeah, yeah, every year. Yeah. So, you know, there's only so much, there's only so many days in the week, right? I mean, some of these places at best, maybe you can call it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, and you're making, I don't know, maybe three to $500 a night. That's, it's not really enough. You know what I mean? Uh, if you're not, and that's why a lot of these guys have full-time jobs as well. They, of course, they work, right. They work right. Monday through Friday. And then on top of that, they're burning Dude. the candle at both ends doing the nightlife thing. And at some point, you have to figure out the older you get, like, you know, the, you're never too old to really turn your, your passion into a career. You know, like you no, did. of course not. Yeah. You know, you hit it at, a, at the right time. I did it at, what, 20, yeah. 27-ish. Yeah, about yeah. 27. Yeah, so like... <laughs> You know, 10 years from now, we don't know where the business is going to be, but you could adapt and overcome and you could be overseeing the things that are yeah. happening right now. You could be shaping it instead of being a part of it and letting somebody else take uh, advantage of that. And, um, and and the good thing is people still enjoy live music. Uh, the 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 budgets might be getting smaller, but you can still find a way to create a business out of it. Right. And you don't want to be burning the oil too, too, too deep either, you know, um, but like you said, you, you got to kind of like move on and see where, where, you know, you got your resume, you know, you know, other people, you're growing, right. you can help others too. Like another thing is in 10 years, you could be that teacher. There's no, oh, nothing yeah. that says that you cannot, because I, I, we get to a certain age that we start handing things down. Right. Right. And I think that with your knowledge, but in 10 more years, you already be in the business for over 20 years. Oh yeah. That's something that's, that's definitely incredibly great knowledge yeah, to pass down. I've, I've had that on my list of kind of, you know, my, my upcoming goals. I know that's not, it's probably not something I have time to do right now. Right. But at some point or another, I absolutely want to get and into in 10 years, teaching the craft. A fad might come back. You could have Technique 1200s once again make their way right back into the system because there's going to people that are going to say like, Man, I hope so. this is great. Like, why weren't we not using these again, you know? Or yeah. e even if it's not the 1200 itself, 
perhaps just the, the feeling of having something physically scratching oh, yeah. at your fingertips yeah. is always a, a, a great feeling. I think there's still guys, I think there's still some young guys that when they start out, they see and hear the difference too from the guys who have learned on turntables and have learned the fundamentals versus some of these other guys that start on controllers, they start on the software right off the bat and they don't learn that. Um, so I think that when they see that, some of these guys are inclined to go backwards and learn it. And you know, like the, there's, they're the guys that are gonna keep pushing the industry forward. It's these people that, that, that they don't learn, you know, the guys that don't learn the fundamentals that aren't really passionate about like learning the culture and, and where it's come from and the people who have really uh, put their stamp on it those are the guys that are going to fade away. And I've seen it in right, 10 years. Right. I, I, I mean, I've literally seen hundreds of DJs come and go. And a lot of them are the guys who, you know, brushed me off in the beginning. And uh, here I am 10 years later. I, I feel like I'm, I'm still not even scratching the surface as far as what I, what my career can be. And they're long gone. You know, they're, they're working regular full-time jobs just because they weren't cut out. Right. For yeah. It. Yeah. And, and, and one of the big things is again, and I mentioned again, is adapting and overcoming a situation as a, a, one of the things I learned as a Marine is you have to adapt and overcome or, or be extinct. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. And if, if you're not, if you're not open-minded to what's coming, then you either move out of the way for someone who is move out of the way for someone who is, or you're, you're bound to get tramped over, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've learned so much today, more than I ever thought about you. And um, I'm glad I was able to share your passion and where you've been and where you're going and what you're thinking about the future. You gave some great insights about the the business, where anyone can go if, the, if this is something that they love. We spoke about the whole territory system where like, you know, um, DJs are still being used worldwide in every situation any yeah. party that you go to and i work i work in the entertainment industry so i do a lot of uh a lot of you know uh entertainment events with with big people that are way bigger than i am way above my pay grade and um we need musicians there we need an artist who can put music together and make us have a great goddamn time and i think that will never go away but the way that is brought to us will be changing oh of course yeah. and unfortunately one of the big things that people are going to have to adapt with is you know the the pay because there's always going to be somebody below us that's going to tr that is so much hungrier that's going to charge less and yeah, it's going to yep. try to you know get that gig over you but they you. shouldn't be hungrier that's the thing you know like there's always right. going to be well, guys that you, undercut right. but there should never be someone that just simply is overworking you, you yeah, or right. Is just hungrier for that gig you know like that then then to me you need to audit yourself and figure out why you're not doing what you should be and doing, that advice I mean? that advice right there applies to absolutely 100%. everything so i've spoken to artists i've spoken to other podcasters youtubers um actresses and actors stuntmen and photographers and that happens with every single one you know like you have to have a, a continued passion and if somebody oh, yeah. overtakes you then that means your time has has come and gone um i've had such a great time talking to you today and i, I believe that i would like to have you on again sometime yeah, to completely Anytime. like talk about you know what else we can do where else we can go with this music is so broad and like it's such a ginormous 
a topic to talk about, um, you know, and the the artistry behind it on how to learn how to do things and, you know, where you've gone and where you see yourself going uh, in the future. And that's that'll make for a great second part, you know, for you to come on again. Um, I have some ideas as to yeah my my next uh your next stepping let's stone call it, let's call it my next endeavor yeah because well, i do realize that djing is is not it's not a forever uh, thing yeah i mean right? i'm not going to be djing right. until i'm 50, i'm not going to be youtubing old. until i'm 60 <laughs> yeah so i mean i do i do have again outside of the teaching which is definitely something i want to get into i do have something that i'm currently working on uh still part of the dj industry still it's still going to be a way for me to contribute and make sure that I'm that I'm positively putting my stamp on the industry. Well, you're leaving it better than what it was, right? You that's, always want to leave something goal, better yeah. than what it was. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, that's 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 great, and that's a great goddamn hook for the next time uh, yeah. I have you on. So if you you guys make sure you tune in, uh, you know subscribe and and rate the podcast leave some comments five stars, five stars. you know yeah five stars and one of the big things about the reviews here on the podcast is that i i know what's working and what's not if you're giving me feedback you know who who what kind of feedback you want to listen to and who you want to listen to um perhaps it's not the who but what what kind of topics and what other artists or whoever in the world that you want to listen to um this is a feel-good place this is a place where you can come and and and, and have an outlet to speak about your thoughts, about your business and where you're at, and less about what the fuck is going on out there in the world that's destroying us. So, uh, Dan, I, I definitely want to say, Dan, give us give us the breakdown. Where the hell can we we find you? You know, social security, your address, like, <laughs> like let us know what's going on. So uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Monopoly Music. Monopoly is M-O-N-O-P-O-L-I Music. And uh, yeah, you can pretty much Instagram is my is my main my main home right now. I do have a YouTube channel, um, so if you just look up DJ Monopoly again, Monopoly with an I, Twitter, all that nonsense. I'm on everything, but Instagram is really you know that's where we that's what we're doing yeah, it right that's, now. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, we, focus is. it's funny not to to uh, not segue too far, but everybody complains about how Facebook's stealing data and doing all this stuff. A lot, guys. Instagram's owned by Facebook, yeah. <laughs> and that's where everybody's yeah. at. Okay, but um, but yeah, so. I want to thank you. And guys, if you're um, looking to get someone that you know or you love or you want to listen to their story or whatever, uh, you can find me on Instagram as well, owned by Facebook, <laughs> at <laughs> Alexis Cardoza altogether. And within Instagram itself, to hit the bio, the link in the bio, and that'll give you an entire roster of links of where you can find me including my website at alexiscardoza.com where you can see some of my filmmaking work my shorts and uh and my other uh tv production stuff that i'm working on and always remember to go back and listen to some of the older episodes as well this is season two that i'm in now uh we're doing things a little bit different uh speaking to a more like a open more open format more uh, a scope of of more people doesn't have to be centric to the creative world only. I want to be able to sit with many others. But my niche is, you know, sitting here with with people who are artists and are better than me uh, at everything that they do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I am assuming that after I retired from DJ Hero and had the high score, <laughs> I wasn't going to move on to DJing at the Ritz-Carlton. So I know that's long gone now. Dan, I want to thank you again. Yes. And uh, yeah, and and I'm hoping to have you here again. And once again, everyone, just uh, rate, subscribe, review. I think there's an RRS, whatever. I don't know. All right, guys. See you soon. Later.